0: This right here is the clip. You are now listening to Twip FM Real Talk Real Awesome.
1: Finally, I'm
2: finally free. Finally, I'm finally free.
3: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie. I am your host. Tonight, we have the ladies of PNW Fatitude, and we are going to talk about cosplay and being curvy and a plus-size cosplayer um, in the community. So if you are listening live, um, make sure you jump in to the hashtag, BGM Podcast. That puts you in the feed with all of the other live listeners where you can ask questions, leave comments, um, or you can go to the TWIB chat room, and the link is twib.fm forward slash live, where you can listen in. Or if you want to call and ask our questions, um, ask our guests, rather, any questions, you can call in 718-404-9320. Again, that number is 718-404-9320. So I just want to make um, an announcement and also a special thank you Special thank you to the creative team at The Nightly Show with Larry Wilmore. Um, I had the amazing opportunity to fly to New York and meet with Larry Wilmore himself, as well as the executive producer, Rory Albanese, and the head writer, Robin Thede. So thank you um, for inviting BGN, um, really allowing a lot of other black bloggers. I wasn't the only one. Um, The folks from Black Nerd Problems was there, The XD Experience, uh, Very Smart Brothers. Uh, the team from Six Brown Chicks. Um, So thanks for for inviting us up there and really just getting a chance to see a live taping of the show, um, do some coverage, and really support what's happening with uh, black media. Um, We we definitely appreciate it. And it's a great show. If you haven't caught uh, The Nightly Show with Larry Wilmore, it airs Monday through Thursday at 1130 Eastern Standard Time on Comedy Central. And if you have not done so already, I would check out blackgirlnerds.com. It's the website. We've got editorial um, content that gets updated every single day. And on the site, if you look to the right sidebar, there are advertisements. So if you have a book, if you have a service, if you are someone that really just needs to promote something that you are selling right now and you just haven't found the audience yet to bring them over to your goods or services, Then check out blog ads. It's on that right sidebar. You just click on the link. And um, very competitive pricing, and it allows you um, to have us bring your audience over to your site, over to um, whatever campaign that you are promoting. So check that out on blackgirlnerds.com. So I am going to pass the virtual mic over to Latanya. Um, She's our co host tonight, and then I will quickly introduce the ladies of Um, PNW Fatitude and I'll have each of them introduce themselves as well so LaTanya go ahead and introduce yourself um, and tell us any certain projects or anything that you're up to as of late
2: Hello um, I'm LaTanya and I own sprinklesandbooze.com you can find me on Twitter at sprinklesandbooze and and everywhere else at sprinklesandbooze Instagram Pinterest, everything else all the other social media outlets Um, projects I'm up to right now, a lot of the same, just designing, styling, blogging, (laughs) podcasting. (laughs) Um, yeah, that's about it for now. Awesome. All right. So
3: I am going to introduce our guests and we'll start in this order. We'll start with, um, Rochelle, Amber, and then Ahura to introduce themselves, Um, PNW Fatitude, it stands for Pacific Northwest Fatitude, is a 100% volunteer-run group that organizes year-round fat-positive events open to all self-identified fats in the Pacific Northwest. The mission of PNW Fatitude is to foster a fat-positive community in the Pacific Northwest by providing safe spaces for people of size to celebrate their bodies, have fun, get inspired, find support, and connect with others. Thank you, ladies, for coming on. Um, Our guests are Rochelle Abelar, Amber Dawn Bushnell, and Ahira Jones. So in that order, just go ahead and introduce yourself, any projects that you're working on, your social media shout outs, and uh, we'll get started with the questions.
0: Hey, I'm Rachelle Avalar. I am the founder of PNW Fatitude. Um, I'm also a former design manager over at Geek Girl Con. Um I'm currently working on, I'm, I'm a zinester, and I'm currently working on a fat fashion zine. Um, and I want it to be something that uh, highlights the diversity of the fat community, so I, all submissions are open to anyone that self-identifies as fat um, all over the world i have been getting really cool and uh, really cool submissions so uh, if you are fat and you want to send me your photo please uh, hit me up on Twitter um, my Twitter is just my name my full name so yeah um my
4: name is Amber Dombrichnow and I am the owner and designer for Dead Pastel, which is a creepy, cute clothing line for plus sizes. And um, I'm on Twitter, Tumblr and Instagram as Amber Gloom.
1: And I am Uhura Jones. Um, You can find me on Twitter at I am Uhura and um, I am hanging out in Seattle. I'm very interested in fat activism as well as intersectional feminism. Um, right now, I am working on launching a directory for online makers, crafters, and artists of color. Um, someone said on Twitter that there's kind of it's kind of hard to find makers of color when they're looking for something. I thought, hey, I have that problem, too. So that's what I'm working on right now.
3: All right. Well, thank you, ladies, again, for coming on the show. So I'm going to start with Rachelle goes by Ray. Ray, I I found out about PNW Fatitude when I attended Geek Girl Con this last year. It was awesome. Um, And you moderated a panel called Fatness and Fandom. So can you tell our listeners how you came to create PNW Fatitude and what was the Fatness and Fandom panel all about?
0: Um, Well, I moved to Washington about five years ago and uh, I basically moved on a whim. So I didn't know anyone when I moved here. And so um, I went on meetup.com to look up uh, groups that interested me. And at the time, I was just getting into fat acceptance. So I, I looked up fat acceptance, and the only thing that came up was weight loss groups. So I was, I was really disappointed, and I wanted to um, continue the conversations I was having online in meat space, but I couldn't connect with anyone. So um, that's why I decided to found um, PNW Fatitude, you know. If you build it, they will come, and they—they've come, and they're all awesome. Everyone I've met through the group has been amazing, um, and so I hosted the—I moderated the panel "Fatness and Fandom" uh, a year ago. I was on another panel called "Fat Girl Fandom," fat—fat Fat girl fangirl—at Geekocon, and it was kind of similar in that we were talking about um, fatness and geek culture, and so I wanted to continue the conversation because I was really surprised at the turnout, at the panel. It was almost a full house, and it was really cool because at the time, Geekocon didn't really have body-positive programming, so we were like one of the only panels about that. And I decided to bring it back, and that's the panel basically was about being a fat geek, um, how to get creators to recognize their fat audience, and how to cope with the harassment you get being a fat geek.
3: Wow, it sounds like it's expanded too, because um, yep. there was another panel um, called "Cosplaying While Fat." Mm-hmm. Uh, so, is, were you also a part of that, or was that just something that was also um, sprung um, as a result of what you had created with the fatness and fandom panel?
0: I think I think some of the uh, people on that panel were on the Fat Girl Fangirl panel the year prior. Um, I was really impressed at how many body positive panels there were at Geek Girl yeah. Con. And I hope that it continues to increase. And I definitely plan on bringing my panel back for sure.
3: Yes. That's what I loved so much about Geek Girl Con was just the intersectionality in all different ways, not just with respect to gender and race, but also when it comes to, um, you know, women that are all different sizes, and even issues of ableism and and disability um, within the geek community. So, if you guys haven't checked out Geek Girl Con, you have to go. Um, It's every October in Seattle. Um, One thing that struck a chord with me was the fact that there are no plus-size cosplay retail stores, at least that I know of. Um, Is this still true, and if so, why do you think that's the case?
0: to my knowledge it is definitely still true um i started cosplaying um 2 years ago and i have definitely struggled in finding pieces for my cosplay everything mm. that's out there um if it does go up to an xl or 2xl it's their their the sizes run extremely small and um Usually those are seasonal costumes as well, so they're mostly around Halloween time and you'll have like... And they mostly look like lingerie, so they're not really appropriate for cosplay unless your character primarily wears lingerie. Um, So what I've found that is helpful for me to do is I buy all my pieces um, from plus size retailers that uh, are similar to the character I'm cosplaying or I'll have a friend help me um, sew one together because I can't sew at all. (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) uh, plus size retail cosplayers, uh, cosplay businesses do not exist to my knowledge. But if they do, let me know because that would be awesome. Wow. All
3: right, I'm going to toss the mic over to LaTanya for her questions.
2: Okay, Uh, my first question is, um, do you feel that strong female characters help make men better understand women and also the same as women better understand themselves? Like if there's a character that's like really like badass, it kind of like gives some sort of like, I guess, empowerment to them?
0: Um, I definitely think that strong female characters help men see women as more than just objects. So that is awesome. Um, I think for women, I think it helps them relate better to these characters because they actually see someone that's like them. Um, positive representation is super, extremely powerful. For me, um, there is this body love activist, uh, and her name is Vir- Virgie Tovar, and I found her YouTube series online, and... I could definitely relate to her because she's Filipina, and she's fat, and she's fat positive, positive. and so watching her videos and reading her blogs really inspired me and helped me recognize my value and potential as a fat brown woman, and uh, inspired me to be more proactive in my activism. So representation is super life-changing.
2: Yeah. I agree and I just like wrote that down because I'm going to check her out too but um, (laughs) I was like ooh that's awesome I'm going to go check her out after the podcast but um, my second question for you is if you lived in one universe like a Doctor Who universe Star Trek universe which would you pick?
0: I would definitely pick the Doctor Who universe but before Stephen Moffat became showrunner (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah
3: all right okay so this question's for for amber um are there spaces for plus size players to go online um as well as offline to find women who look like them
4: yeah i think that um for me anyway tumblr has been an amazing resource um i've gotten a lot of inspiration from people i found on there um there's one cosplayer um she's a black cosplayer she's fat and her um her tumblr handle is Bree chibi and she's totally awesome she doesn't oh yeah she's live tweeting with us tonight yeah yeah she's she's awesome and um and i love seeing her stuff and um you know when there's uh cosplaying while fat um cosplaying while black there's um Mm -hmm. even just there's a tumblr called fat girls doing things which i love um and that's for me that is really how i got into fat acceptance before um before uh i became friends with ray that's how i started learning about it um and so for me i think that that's a really good resource um as far as offline um I mean, besides Pacific Northwest Attitude, at least in my area, it's the only it's really the only um, kind of group that I know of. I know that in Portland they have an event called Chunky Dunk, which is where fat people go swimming, <laughs> which <laughs> is it's something that um, we want to start doing up here. Um, but, you know, in the area, those are really the only ones that I know of. But I think that even, you know, finding places to meet up, finding people to meet up with the Internet can be an amazing resource for that as well.
3: There's several popular cosplayers, um, like our BGN co-host Shaka Cumberbatch, friend of the show, and other cosplayers like Yaya Han. Um, but are there any popular plus-size cosplayers who serve as
4: role models for the curvy girl community? Um, there are a few, um, besides Breachibi that I mentioned, there are a few on Tumblr that I follow, um, and of course, I can't think of their names right now. <laughs> um, I tried to link them up before the podcast, and I well, couldn't it's find them.
0: Chris from Fat and Nerdy.
4: Yeah, Chris from Fat and Nerdy is a really good one.
0: Her website is fatnerdy.net.
4: Yeah. Um. But yeah, and again, I think that finding those, just finding people like that, just takes time. But it's, you know, I think we're all kind of starting off. Um. Now, I mean, fat acceptance is just now starting to really take off. And there are lots of fat people out there, like even fat people who cosplay who, you know, they don't put their stuff up on the internet because mm-hmm. fat people get a lot of crap on the internet. And I think, you know, there at the moment, maybe there aren't a whole lot of people who are, you know, posting their stuff online and who have the confidence. But the more of us that do it, I think we can. Um, build a really strong community so that you know in the future when people are like oh, you know Do I have the confidence to cosplay they have a whole ton of resources to go to um, When they first start out
2: Yeah, there are like a lot of like that positive like pop culture things happening like I just started watching on lifetime big women big love and I freaking love that show. It's amazing. I'm like my mom watches that show. <laughs> it is so good. <laughs> yeah. But I've noticed that it's like becoming more of a thing, which is awesome. But um how do you feel about geek culture for women? Or how do you feel it's geek culture for women has changed and and as it's gained popularity, like how do you feel like like what have you noticed since um, um, it's become more popular?
4: Well, you know, it's it's kind of hard for me to say because I honestly didn't really become a part, didn't really consider myself a part of the geek community until um, about three years ago when I heard about Geekocon for the first time. Um, I mean, I there were some things I was, I guess, what you call geeky about, but I never really identified that way just because um, I didn't really have a large social circle, and so when I started going online and I started finding out about all this stuff, um, you know, I still kind of consider myself a newbie as far as geek culture is concerned, because, um, you know, the, really the only experience I've had with it is through Geek Girl Con. And, uh, but for me, I mean, it's changed. It's changed me a lot. Um, You know, I don't know um, how much geek culture has changed for women, but I know that how geek culture has changed me. um, Mm -hmm. It's made me a lot more confident. I have, um you know, through Geek Girl Con specifically, I've met my best friends and um, I've gained a lot of confidence because I'm surrounded by people who like the same things that I like and who, you know, they want to see me succeed and they've created a safe space for me. And so for me, I think that I'm, I'm hoping that a lot of people see it, it becoming a safer space um, for women in general.
2: That's such an awesome feeling when you like find like a a group that you belong in. It's like, Oh my God, there's people Mm -hmm. like me, but, um, how do you choose who you cosplay as?
4: Um, you know, it's so funny because, um, as someone who's fat, my first instinct is to go to fat characters. Um, because I know you know, um, fat people who cosplay as, you know, thin characters get a lot of crap. And so for me, I'm still in a place where it's like I'm afraid to cosplay a thin character, um, you know. And that's just an issue that I'm, you know, working on, <laughs> um, you know, being being part of Pacific Northwest Attitude has helped that a lot. Definitely. But, you know, for me, it's, um, you know, like the first time I cosplayed, I cl- cosplayed as uh, the Gunzerker from Borderlands 2. Um, and I cosplay because I just I love that game. It, Borderlands series is one of my favorite games. And I think that getting inspired by the shows that you love is what makes cosplay great because it makes you it makes you feel like you're a part of
1: that story or that universe.
3: Great answer.
1: Awesome. And I, I just want to jump in and say, like, for me, this past GirlCon Girl Con was the first time I ever cosplayed. And I cosplay, I decided to join a cosplay group that Ray put together. And I think this is the second year of doing uh, Punk Senshi, which is um, Sailor Moon characters uh, with a punk aesthetic. And I've always loved um, Sailor Jupiter. And I, when I was younger, I felt like I identified just with her a lot in her role within the team. And mm-hmm. so that's why I wanted to cosplay that particular character. But um, it, one thing Amber was saying about wanting to cosplay fat characters, and the, one of the things that highlights is where are all the fat characters? You know, where are, you know, characters of, uh, of varying body types and size that we can, you know, look to for inspiration? So it's also yes. an issue of, of representation.
4: Yeah, yeah, because we certainly don't have a whole lot to choose from. (laughs) That's for sure.
3: So we got a question from Twitter, and I'm just going to throw this out to anyone um, interested in answering. This is from Black Nerdity on Twitter. Are plus-size cosplayers featured on geek shows like Heroes of Cosplay?
1: Do I know?
0: One episode of Heroes of Cosplay, um, if this is the show that I'm thinking of, that there was, like, this argument about whether someone should cosplay for their body type. I don't know, is it the same show that with Yaya Han? Yes. Okay. Mm. Yeah, and um, honestly, on shows like that, I feel like there isn't enough positive representation of fat people. Um, and even with that argument, it didn't really get resolved the way that I wanted it to. Um, it was pretty much dismissed. And I really feel like uh, there hasn't been positive representation of fat people in uh geek media for me Mm.
3: anyone else um wanted to jump on that
1: Uh, i do want to jump in and i want to tie it to something that i believe amber was talking about maybe it was amber or ray was talking about earlier in that sorry i just completely lost my train of thought out of nowhere but um <laughs> it, it it has to do w- with the fact that um so you you were you had asked how the geek community had changed as far as um being welcoming to women and that kind of thing and uh, in one way in one way yes i feel like you see a lot more women and you see more female characters but what we're running into is we're seeing the same type of female characters mm-hmm. we're seeing yes. hey this the this this is the acceptable type of female character there is Mm -hmm. in comics and fantasy and science fiction and so yay more women but we're not seeing more diversity of women and and that's when you get into the gatekeeping which in my opinion asking the question you know should you um, cosplay for your size that's a gatekeeping issue for me Mm -hmm. Because I feel like what you're what you're down low trying to say is, well, you're too tall, skinny, fat, light, dark, etc. for that costume. And I don't think that's okay.
3: Mm Yeah, No, it's not. Well, um, I'm going to toss this one to you, Ahira. You, um, you know, at Geek Girl Con, it's such a welcoming space for diversity. And are there Mm -hmm. other cons that you know of that you may have attended where you've had an opportunity to do
1: panels on cosplay diversity? I have not. Geek Girl Con was my first panel, Um, but I do know that, um, like Penny Arcade Expo, like PAX went through a time where there were a lot more um, uh, diversity-oriented panels. So you had more not just women in gaming and cosplay, but you had um, more kind of uh, specific, more niche and specific. But it's kind of moved away a little bit. So I'm not really sure where it stands. Um, I did go to Emerald City Comic-Con last year um, and the year before, actually, and I've noticed a large number of women, a large number of women of color, and a really, you know, a a pretty great representation of um, fat people doing cosplay. And I loved every minute of it. Um, In fact, cosplay is probably my favorite part of going to Emerald City, um, aside from hanging out with artists and checking out new indie Um, indie artists and comics, but um, I would say Emerald City Comic Con is a really great place to check out cosplay. Um, Panel-wise, I don't know. I'm hoping to see more.
3: And you had touched on this before. Um, You had just started cosplaying recently, and Sailor Jupiter, you were inspired by that character. But what inspired you to get into cosplay
1: overall? Um... Hmm, that's a really good question. I th- like, back in the day, I was a Sailor Moon super fan. I just was obsessed. I was a collector. I knew uh, I just kind of devoured everything I could find on it. And I think that made me want to um, do cosplay. Um, that made me want to kind of Im- to be a part of that world or to make it more mine. And, you know, having a community of like-minded people, Uh, to do it with was made it even easier you know even when I felt you know oh maybe I'm not quite the right body shape for this I don't know there were people to say no just do it it's fine I mean um, and it's all about in the spirit of having fun Um, the next so for me it's all about the character itself and why I identify with that character Um, so I don't know I think cosplay is just another way to communicate how much you enjoy or care about um, a, you know, a a thing that you love? Um,
2: you kind of answered my, the question I was gonna ask, but so I sorry. do. And no, it's fine. I could add on to it. So like typically, like with all of that said, like you're drawn to things you can relate to do you usually give yourself like guidelines as far as being a plus size cosplayer? Like, are you usually like, Oh, you know, I really am inspired by this person and I can see myself cosplaying as this, but then you're like, Oh, but this person doesn't look like me. Like, do you usually put any sort of guidelines on
1: who you pick based on your size? I don't, but that has been part of a very long journey of my own self-acceptance, my own body acceptance. Um, maybe, I think, I, I would say probably 10 years ago, yes, absolutely. I was like, oh, well, I'm not thin enough. Or I'm not pretty enough to do um, XYZ character. Oh, I think people will laugh at me. And um, I think it just takes time and thinking about what you love about yourself and what you love about the character. Um, and honestly, a really a good entry point to cosplay for me was the fact that we weren't doing traditional um, Sailor Senshi outfits. We were doing uh, a punk aesthetic or a different aesthetic that can that helps you use your imagination more. So it allows you to say, well, you know, what what would Jupiter look like if she were in 2015 and she were really into punk? And then that it allows you to kind of take the source material and add something to it. And so I don't. Uh, so therefore, I didn't think about, oh well, I'm gonna need to lose thirty pounds for this. That mm. that never that never crossed my mind.
2: That's awesome. That That's is. Good. That's how most people should be. Honestly, yeah. a lot of
1: people like go through so much work
2: to like be a character, but realistically, you could just make it your own and make it awesome. Um, is there typically a sub-community within the cosplay community
1: for plus-size cosplayers? If there isn't one, there should be. That would be great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Someone should start that and invite me.
3: <laughs> well, essentially, isn't that what um, PNW Fatitude is? It's it's a community um, that focuses on fat-positive cosplay?
0: Well, yeah, we did have a meetup, actually, after the panel, and we got to... Um, Meet some pretty incredible uh, women geeks. Um, So that was really exciting because I you know other than um, The con I hadn't really been able to connect with fat geeks because um, I guess PNW fatitude uh, hosts events um, But people didn't really know about us. So Being able to find people like me who were also fat was really cool Um, In terms of the cosplay community itself. I don't know if it's just um, the Pacific Northwest, but I've, I've found that, um, the cosplay community here has been way more accepting of plus Mm -hmm. size cosplayers and way more supportive. So Mm -hmm. if I have a question about where I want to find something or how can I make something that will fit me properly, um, people will fall over themselves to help me. So it's really awesome. I don't know how it is, you know, in other areas, but um, and I think that is also reflective of the kind of cons that we have here. Like, uh, Uhura said, Emerald City, um, I saw some really awesome fat cosplay and it made me really happy. Um, GeekkoCon is a very good place for that too, but I don't really go to cons outside of my area, so I couldn't really say.
3: Wow. Um, this is another question on Twitter and this is also from Black Nerdity. She asks, "How do plus-size cosplayers fare in cosplay contests at conventions?"
0: Oh my goodness! Well, I (laughs) went. This is is great. I went to um, the costume contest at GeekroCon, and there was one of the finalists was actually um, a lumpy space princess cosplayer. (gasps) Uh, Everyone ate it up. Everyone loved her. She's awesome. I had on Facebook as soon as I got home. She's amazing. Um, no, that just goes back to what I was saying is that the cosplay community here in Washington is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really know how it is that there are other cons.
1: Um, That's a really good question. And I think that I want to make an effort to, to watch, to see more cosplay competitions and just see, you know, what's out there, how supportive are people? Um, is it really about about the costume? Is it about the effort that they put in? Is it about how much that they were able or is it or is it about how much they were able to make themselves a clone of this particular character? And I think that's going to vary from contest to contest. Mm -hmm. But I will agree that I I will say I have noticed a lot more support and a lot more um, just community love for anyone who's just willing to try you know, I didn't, I've also noticed that for burlesque as well. Um, Seattle has a, a Seattle in the Northwest has a very burgeoning, uh, very popular burlesque community. And I have seen a lot of plus size burlesque. I've seen a lot of uh, nerdy burlesque and they're also very welcoming with regard to body size and type. Yeah. Hmm. That's
3: awesome. So um, I'm going to pass this question off to Ray um, actually let let me get this to Amber we haven't heard from you in a while Um, the popular hashtag 28 days of black cosplay has um, made waves on social media Uh, what are your thoughts about the rising popularity of cosplay um, with respect to diversity among um, black nerds and and just diversity as whole What what do you think about the intersectionality that's happening now in the cosplay community
4: well I mean it's awesome I think it's Uh, I mean, think it's really awesome. I think it's really important, Um, you know, and it's hard for me. I mean, as someone who's fat, I understand that part of, you know, wanting representation, Um, you know, and I I can empathize um, with people of color because I'm white. And so, you know, that's, that's something that I love to see as well. I'd like to consider myself an ally. And so that's something that I think is important for everyone to fight for as well. Um, And I, I think it's it's great to um, even even though I'm not a person of color um, or, you know, even though I'm able bodied, it's I like seeing um, cosplayers of color and I like seeing um, disabled cosplayers and things like that, you know, people like that being represented in the community, because if I know that, you know, everyone's making an effort to um, be to push representation, um, that means that, you know, at some point I'll see someone who looks like me, you know? Right. And so I think that in, in all ways, representation is important and, you know, it is something that's certainly, um, growing and I think we just need to keep at it and keep pushing for it.
3: Um, what, what are your thoughts on that, um, to Ahira and also Ray, um, about diversity with respect to race and, and cosplay and how that's, Sort of changing. It's shifting now.
0: Well, I think social media is an extremely powerful platform for people to, you know, say what's on their mind, and I really think that the visibility of um, popular hashtags has made a huge difference in um, bringing these issues to the forefront. And um, you know, I really think that just like Amber said, you know, if we just keep pushing for visibility and letting people know that we're here and we're taking up space and um, I think that will really make a big difference in eventually being represented in the media.
3: Awesome. And um, Ray or Amber, this question will be for you as well. Um, you know. Sabrina actually I had she was going to be on the show, but she wasn't able to make it I had shared um, a panel with her on the comic books um, If you wanted to get into comic books panel, which was awesome Um, But I know that you guys are into comics. So um, is there a favorite comic book character that you have? And um, have you ever cosplayed as a comic book character?
4: Um, I've never personally cosplayed as a comic book character um I I would like to I think um I'm not really sure who (laughs) (laughs) I mean I think um well you know and for me um a lot of the uh, there's really only a few comic books that I'm really into and they're all like you know they're not big names they're all from um indie publishers um you know however I am a huge fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe um And so all of those characters, you know, I've really gotten into things to the films and, you know, I'd I'd love to do some kind of, I would love to do a Lady Loki cosplay and be a fat Lady Loki. I think that's (laughs) at the top of my dream cosplay list. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so as of yet, I haven't done any comic books, but I think that's, that's the one I choose.
1: Me either. I haven't done any comic uh, cosplay, but I am. I I noticed that I'm on the lookout for uh, comic book characters that I can cosplay. And I remember when Lumberjanes came out, um, I was strongly thinking about um, cosplaying uh, their camp counselor character from there. But I don't know yet. Maybe.
3: (laughs) All right, Latonya, passing it off to you.
2: All right. Um, I'm gonna, cause we touched about how you guys pick your characters based on your body type. And that was like my next question, but I have a different one since we touched that a lot. Um, I am curious to know, cause I'm always nervous about this myself. When you cosplay at cons, um, a lot of people will approach you for pictures and they want to pose with you and, it's super awkward sometimes that happens to me at like a lot of horror movie conventions. For some reason, I'm not cosplaying. Like guys will just come up to me like, let me take a picture with you. And I'm like, I'm no one. (laughs) Like, why is this a thing? (laughs) So does it ever like become weird or do people just always make it awkward? Or like, how do you feel when people approach you and ask to be photographed with you?
0: I guess this is for all of you. That's definitely something that I've, become more comfortable with. At first, it was super weird for me because, um, so, you know, in my fat acceptance, I've had a really hard time being photographed. I've been, had a really hard time seeing myself online in pictures and things like that. Um, it was, I think it was two or three years ago, I cosplayed as um, one of the henchmen from Venture Brothers. And I got a ton of people trying to take my picture. and. I was hoping that when I got home, I would not come across any of those pictures. I was just really insecure about it. Um, But the more I do it, the more comfortable I am with it and the more confident I am. So then I actually am excited to see these pictures. Like in our um, punk Sailor Moon group, there was a ton of pictures that were taken of us this year. And it was like it was super fun trying to find them all. And I was super stoked about it.
1: Yeah. By the way, that, hen- that henchman costume was amazing. It was. <laughs> I loved it, it so awesome. much. <laughs> it was super great. Okay. Um, for for me, I've been very very lucky that the convention that I cosplayed at um, was everyone was just really friendly. Like they um, geek girl con had a place had a place uh, for people to take pictures. Everyone was very very polite. Everyone. Um, asked very politely, Um, they sought out consent very actively. Um, I didn't hear of anybody any type of inappropriate touching or anything like that. So I feel like it's been, I've just been very fortunate to um, both be a photographer, because I take a ton of pictures at Emerald City uh, Comic Con, and uh, to, to both be a photographer and to approach cosplayers. It's been just a really great thing for me. And I've always just felt pretty comfortable. But I'm also like Ray in that I did not want to see any photos (laughs) of my cosplay (laughs) because I was so sure that someone was going to be like, oh, this is not great. It's terrible.
2: (laughs) Um, Okay. So do you have any geek role models? This goes for all of you. Do you have any geek role models that pulled you into the world of cosplay Um, or was it your own interest that sparked it or was there someone, you know, like, that
1: you looked up to? Uh, Ray dragged me in. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I went to um, Fat Girl Fangirl um, panel that she was on at Geek Girl Con two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I just remember um, she, had, she had answered some questions about getting used to being visible. And I thought a lot about that after the after the the convention about how I feel about being not just being visible, but why do I feel so comfortable being invisible? You know, is that just something I'm used to? Is that because of uh, the negativity that I get from other people or from society? And so just by chipping away at that over the past uh, couple of years, when an opening appeared in the cosplay group, I was like, okay, let's just go for it. Let's just try. I know that I know that Ray's not going to make fun of me. I know she's going to be helpful. So uh, I just dove in. So I blame Ray for this.
0: (laughs) Guilty as charged. (laughs) Um, all right going back to uh chris from fat and nerdy she definitely was one of the main people who inspired me to start cosplaying because she does amazing characters and she puts up with a lot of crap online and she handles it very well and she's awesome um i don't know her personally but if you're listening i want to be your best friend
4: (laughs) (laughs) i think for me it was just knowing that through Geek Girl Con I had a safe space um, mm-hmm. and knowing that the people around me were going to be supportive. Um, and, you know, I didn't have to deal with that kind of crap, at least not, you know, in person while I was cosplaying. I knew I wouldn't have to deal with that kind of crap. And mm-hmm. so I think that's one of the things that um, inspired me. You know, it wasn't any particular person or any particular character. It was just knowing that now, you know, I was surrounded by people who are going to be supportive. And
1: so I wasn't, I just
4: wasn't afraid to do it.
1: Yeah. Oh, I want to do a shout out to Chris Vance. Um, he's like a local cosplayer. And um, he I had heard about him and heard of him years before I considered cosplaying. And he's known he's kind of known in the local cosplay community and he does like Dragon Ball Z. He does all different kinds of anime costumes and he's a bigger dude. Like he's a he's a a bigger black guy and he just kills it every time and he's always so positive and so helpful I
0: know and he's awesome.
1: Yeah, he he's just awesome and like uh, hands down, hands down. If you're if you're even not sure, you know, if you're feeling a little insecure, he will always boost you up and tell you you know, no, you can do it. Look, I blah, blah blah so Chris Vance, everybody, he's awesome.
3: Does he have a
0: website or a Facebook? No.
1: Page? I totally Facebooked him and was like, <laughs> Do you have a website? I'm trying to tell people about you. And he's like, No. Ugh. You build a fan page for him. Oh my <laughs> god, I should build a fan page. I'm doing <laughs> it. <laughs> that would be great. So, um a
3: hero. Do you think that black nerds face different challenges in cosplay um, or in the cosplay community as opposed to nerds of color? If so, why?
1: Um, yes. And I think part of it is uh, we've talked about it a little bit online before. It's just the gatekeeping. Like I know Shaka got a ton of crap for her Venus cosplay Mm-hmm. Um, when she did Sailor Venus, and I don't think that's okay. Um, I think any other person of color, um, well, I shouldn't say any other person of color, but I think that she specifically got a lot of grief for it because she's black, and Venus, uh, Sailor Venus, is kind of this um, blonde hair, you know, uh, the, if, if it weren't a Japanese show, she'd be considered all-American, air quotes, um, with that stereotype. So I think part of it is... For, for black people, we have a certain... People have certain expectations of who we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And because of that expectation, they decide who we're allowed to be. And that is a message that we specifically get over and over and over again throughout life. And so I find it really empowering and really important to see black cosplayers. And to be honest, I hadn't really thought too far past... The, the gatekeeping aspect, but when Darian Hunt died, I, that mm-hmm. just floored me. That just floored me. Um, for anyone who's not who doesn't quite remember who that is, um, he's the cosplayer that was killed in Utah, um, and he was dressed as a samurai. And just you know, anime fan cosplaying as samurai—that's just a thing that you do. But you know, some cops saw him, they chased him down, they killed him, and that is crazy. Like, right. like that. I mean. I, I'm still just blown away that in addition to all the other things I have to think about now, I'm like, you know, can I, can I cosplay a, an assassin or a warrior or somebody who would have weaponry is somebody going to get freaked out and attack me? Like, am I going to lose my life over a cosplay uniform, a cosplay, um, costume? And I think that's the biggest thing is that I, am not sure if anyone else, really has to worry about losing their life like a black Mm. cosplayer would and yeah i'm sorry this is just really tough for me yeah yeah
3: Mm. um that was a really tough uh I, i remember writing an article about that on black girl nerds and the vitriol um that i got just from talking about the fact that he was a cosplayer and people had doubts well was it really cosplay was it really authentic cosplay and Everybody wanted to come up with an excuse to justify the murder um, of Darian Hunt by law enforcement. I mean, it it was murder. Um, So I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I think that that is something we definitely need to have a conversation about. I I do feel that um, black cosplayers are are treated differently. Um, And hopefully, you know, hashtags like 28 Days of Black Cosplay is really kind of pushing the narrative that we're out there we are actively purchasing wardrobe and attire that represent Mm -hmm. various characters in cosplay so we are just as marketable uh, as other um, folks in this uh, community and and that we are um very much you know big fans of of the cosplay community as everybody else so um thank you for bringing that up um what what can you what can we do to advise retail manufacturers that there is a need for for plus size cosplay attire how can we push forward the message
4: whenever something like that is available in the rare times that it is we have to buy it
0: (laughs) Uh and tell
4: everyone about it it. yeah I think um, um isn't there some saying about you vote with your money and I feel like it you know that is true in a lot of things like if you if you find a place that is offering something in your size if it's a big size like if you can uh, not everyone can afford to just spend money but if you can definitely buy it and you know send those people uh, you know letters or emails saying thank you for offering this please continue to do so and then you know tout them on social media and um, you know, make a lot of noise about it. Because if people, you know, if these companies know that they can sell us stuff, <laughs> that's their goal. And so they need to know that, you know, we're out here willing to spend our money, um, if it would just be made available to us. Mm-hmm.
1: I send a lot of, or I try to send a lot of Um, emails and contact forms about oh I really love this thing you know um, is there a chance it'll be available in plus sizes if it is available in plus sizes Mm -hmm. I try my darndest to buy it and you know I know cosplay stuff can be crazy expensive Mm -hmm. um, especially if it's I mean first of all it's already uh, a very specific item so you're not you know unless you're going to you know Target or Amazon, it's not going to be mass produced. But if it's not mass produced, sometimes you just got to bite the bullet and spend the money and uh, write a thank you note. I think that's the best thing that you can do is, you know, write letters, send emails, talk to those customer service reps, um, let them know. And if you and if you're comfortable, you know, post it online and let people know, hey, I bought this at XYZ, you know, thanks for doing this stuff because they do see those types of things. Yeah,
0: yeah. if I'm not mistaken, I think that um, her universe started offering plus sizes because people were telling her that they wanted to wear her stuff. And for me, like I saw uh, a fat girl wearing a Dalek dress and I was like, where'd you get that? I need that. Um, Granted, her sizes are still only up to 2X or 3X, but still, you know, a step. And also that Dalek dress was amazing and I still have to buy it.
2: Um, is this question is for all of you guys. Um, is there something in geekdom that you wish to see change or improve in the future?
1: I really want to see more Brown people. I want to see more people of color. I want to see more black people. Um, I, uh, I feel like where I am in my journey is I am constantly seeking out, Um, I'm at a point in my life where I feel like I can vote with my dollars. So, I am, if I see a, if I see a comic book, a novel, a anything with some people of color in it, and it's not super terrible, or even if it is kind of terrible, I'm going to at least check it out. (laughs) I am going to check it out. So, um, I just really want to see that. You know, I feel like when I was a kid, there just wasn't anybody out there that looked like me. There was more, maybe one or two, and it's just so empowering and it's so important to see people that look like you. Mm -hmm. Um, um, One thing I learned from we need diverse books is um, someone, gosh, I wish I could remember their name, but they said, you know, children of color need to see themselves in media. So um, that they know that it's okay to be who they are. So they know that they can be the hero and, white children need to see um, children of people of color so that they know that people of color can be the hero too. And though those two ideas go hand in hand, you know, if you don't have that representation out there, you know, it's just so, so necessary. And so that's what I would love to see. I would love to see more, more, more people of color, more black people, everybody just represent, do what you can, black power fist.
0: (laughs) Well, I want creators, content creators, to stop being so freaking lazy. Like, Yes. People just don't want to do the work. Pe- they'll hear people like us talking about how we want to wear their um, tank top for this comic that I will not mention, mm-hmm. but they won't provide it in anything that's bigger than a one-size-fits-all because one size does not fit all. Stop being lazy, source mm-hmm. your items, figure out where to get them because we want them
4: yeah I, I agree mm-hmm. with both of those things um and I, I'm just gonna piggyback on that
1: <laughs>
4: yeah I I think that oh, go um, ahead
1: someone interrupted it was shenanigans. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that um you
4: know yeah I mean representation absolutely is totally important and I think that that's um that is a huge step and I think that um you know that ties actually into what Ray was saying as well you know not just about um Uh, what they offer as far as merchandise but what they're writing. I mean, you Mm -hmm. know, um, if you're producing content, it's, you know, make that effort to represent, um, you know, anything other than, you know, white, straight, able-bodied males. I
0: Or stop relying on tropes.
4: Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, put as much complexity into all of your characters and um, really, you know, push yourself to Mm -hmm. um, represent, yeah.
1: I mm-hmm. completely agree, because uh, uh, for me, I have a background in uh, marketing, sales, and merchandising, and, and as well as, you know, inventory and supply and that kind of thing. So if someone, whenever someone tries to say, oh, well, we really want to do that, but we just can't find it. Uh, look, I know you're full <laughs> of crap. Okay, yeah. I know it's yeah. out there. I know it's out there. Just be, either do the work or be honest you know, because when you, when you try and pretend, we know you're just saying no fatties anyway.
0: So don't try
1: and hide. I mean, look, we, we all know what you're trying to do. So either be upfront and say, Hey, unfortunately, that's not something I want to do right now, or, you know, do the work. And you know what, if you don't know what to do, Ask. Oh, my God, I would love to help you. Um, mm-hmm. I I pestered Elizabeth Simmons uh, about whether her Gaming's Feminist Illuminati t-shirt would be available in plus sizes. And sure enough, she, you know, uh, was able to make that happen. And then when Fangamer wanted to carry it, um, I was like, hey, guys, is there any way you can get this in plus sizes? That would be awesome. And Fangamer came through like a champ. They were like, cool, I'm going to put a guy on that. And this guy, that's his job. He he gets Mm -hmm. paid to look for clothing. So and guess what? He found it. And now it's available. So if he can do it, you can do it.
0: (laughs) Funny how that happened. Yeah.
2: That's pretty awesome. Um, and my last question, which is kind of random, because I just want to know, <laughs> um, for all three of you, what is one movie that you would tell someone they had to experience?
0: Mine's Jurassic Park and in 3D if
1: possible. Mm.
0: That's a good one.
1: That's a good one. Do you have one, Amber?
4: Um. Yeah, i I would have to say um I'd have to say some like it hot <laughs> oh that's a great <laughs> one and, Tony I, and love it. I, mean, I just I love that movie it's such a classic it's so silly and fun and I just yeah I just love that movie <laughs>
1: um my favorite movie of all time is uh called the broken hearts club a romantic comedy yes that. did someone gasp oh my god i love this movie so much i've never
3: heard of it what's okay. it about
1: so jamie you watch arrow and the flash so <laughs> this the broken hearts club a romantic comedy was the first movie that greg berlanti did and um, he wrote it and he directed it and i caught it on netflix like 10 years ago or however long and what it's about it's about a group of friends and it's about a group of gay male friends but I say that people need to experience this movie because I watch it and there's so much about relationships and timing and how just because you desperately want something it might not be the time like you might not be in the right place for it yet
0: wow
1: and it is like the first time i watched this movie i watched it three times and then i watched it with commentary three times <laughs> like it's pretty hard to find like i found it on a dvd in like a target sale bin and yeah, it's
0: really hard <laughs> to find. i had to buy it used on amazon
1: yeah i love this movie i love it so much also dean kane dean kane oh. is in it zach braff is in it young <laughs> dean kane and zach braff shenanigans <laughs> you guys it's awesome Love i am googling
3: it I, I see nia long's in it too oh wow. yeah nia long is in this
1: oh my god <laughs> i forgot she was in it sorry i gotta see if this is on netflix i'm on No, ne- it. it's not netflix streaming Darn because netflix, netflix hates joy <laughs> <laughs> i know like yeah, john mahoney's in it justin Thoreau is in it <gasps> um yeah okay. uh-huh yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> super great mm, love this movie oh, I anyway Well, those are some really
3: good choices. Um, So it's getting towards the end of the show. But before we go, I just wanted to, um, first of all, thank you so much for being on this panel. This was an amazing podcast really great feedback from twitter i don't know if you guys got a chance to look this stream but there's folks that are even saying that have never cosplayed that want to get into cosplay now just because of this show so oh yay! yeah just thank you so much for being so candid with your answers and um just being very transparent about your personal um journey through cosplay um can you guys just tell us again where we can learn more about what you're doing what you're up to, any conventions you plan on attending, and also your Twitter handles because folks are listening in via Twitter and they may want to follow you. So uh, we'll start with Ray, Amber, and then Ahura.
0: Um, well, you can find me on most social media under my full name, which is uh, R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E, Abelar, A-B as boy, um, I also boy, I also run um, selfcarezine.tumblr.com. And if you want to contribute to that, I curate the Tumblr as well as uh, do physical print zines. And if you want to participate in my fat fashion zine, please feel free to hit me up on any of those social media platforms.
4: Uh, and I am on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at Amber Gloom, A M um, B E R G L O O M. Um, and you can find Dead Pastel. Um, on Facebook, and um, we are going to be at Geek Girl Con again this year. Mm-hmm. Dead Pastel will be, um, and um, yeah, and I'm also um, writing another edition of the self care journal for Ray as well. So,
1: and I can be found on Twitter and Tumblr at I am Uhura, so I A Amazon Mary U H U R A um and that is i'm i'm definitely going to be at emerald city comic-con i'm going to be working um, as an exhibitor assistant to an exhibitor but if you see me around definitely come say hi if you're cosplaying i might be trying to take your picture <laughs>
3: <laughs> well awesome ladies thank you so much for for coming on and thank you Latanya for co-hosting tonight
0: thank you for having us yeah. thank you
3: thanks this was great yeah this was really awesome. So next week, guys, our guest is Ariel Johnson. She is the owner of Amalgam Comics and Coffee House. Um, This Comics and Coffeehouse has nothing but comic books that are about black characters. So she's the owner, black female, black girl nerd. She'll be on next week to talk about that. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time next Sunday and Latanya will be back as well next week to co-host on that. So, thank you guys for tuning in and listening and we will see you next week. Bye. Finally, Bye. I'm
2: finally free. Finally I'm finally free.